This is Building Resilience Podcast, episode 119, How to Sleep Better, part two. Welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast, where you will learn all about building resilience in yourself and helping others build it too. Drawing from the principles of positive psychology, neuroscience, and coaching, I will help you face all the challenges and adversities that life throws at you and help you do more than just survive. I will help you thrive. I am your host, Leah Davidson, and I am a certified life coach and speech language pathologist. I will help you manage your mind, your emotions, deal with your stress and your overwhelm, and lead a more purposeful and joyful life. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to the Building Resilience Podcast. I'm happy to have you here. I just wanted to mention again before I start in part two of this How to Sleep Better series, I wanted to remind you that I have my free video series that is available to you about burnout. It is the 30-second solution to burnout. The link is in the show notes. I will send you four quick videos that help you understand what stress and burnout is and how you can find the solution for it. It is geared towards people who are caregivers or helping professionals, but it really is appropriate for everybody. It is a strategy that can be used for everybody who is feeling this overwhelm and feeling a little bit burnt out and a little bit stressed. So link in the show notes, or you can go and find me on social media at Leah Davidson Life Coaching, and I have links there as well. So in our last episode, We spent some time learning all about sleep. And today I wanted to focus on some practical things that we can do to help improve your sleep. We're going to dive in and we're going to look at things that have been shown to increase your quality of sleep, which will allow you to benefit from all the things that we talked about last week that sleep does for you. Recharging, helping your immune system, helping your emotions, and then of course, helping increase improve your learning and your memory. There's just so many benefits for sleep. It is it is a foundational thing, a tool, something that we need to do if we want to have good physical and mental health. So let's talk about what we call sleep hygiene. And these are kind of some practical suggestions that when people say they struggle with sleep, these are some of the things that you can start focusing on. We touched on a couple of them last week. So a couple of them are a review, but some of them will be new. The first thing is to keep it regular, that a regular bedtime and wake time as much as possible is important. And it's very hard on your body and your brain if you're burning the candles on both ends and then you're trying to make up by trying to have a big sleep in. It just doesn't work. You cannot compensate for lost sleep. You want to keep it as regular as possible. And like we talked about last week, there are certain things that happen in the beginning stages of sleep, the beginning stages of the evening. So if you aren't consistent with your bedtimes, you may be missing out on some of the benefits of or some of the things that happen when you are falling asleep. And a lot of these things have to do with what they call cleaning out your brain, And a lot of things have to do with consolidating your memories. If you are missing that, it's not like you're able to catch up. So be as regular as possible with your sleep. The second thing you can do is you really want to try to have some type of wind down activity. So some type of routine that you do. 
your brain really struggles with sort of going from on to off. You want to wind down gradually, sort of thinking of it like you're landing on an airplane. You want to gradually be coming into the runway. You're not just going to be dropping out of the sky. You're slowly descending and then you're going to land smoothly. So a routine is something that also lets your body know that you're heading into sleep time. So maybe it's going to be warm tea or a warm cup of milk or a hot bath. Maybe you're going to do some stretching or some meditation. Maybe you're going to be reading a good book. A calming routine like this helps settle your nervous system, helps you get into a relaxed state. And when you're in a relaxed state, then it's much easier for you to fall asleep. The third thing you're going to want to do is you're going to want to keep it cool. The bedroom temperature really needs to be set. The recommended time, recommended temperature is 67 degrees Fahrenheit or 18 degrees Celsius, which that to me is a little bit too cool, but that is the recommendation. And the brain and the body, they need to drop their core temperature in order to fall asleep and in order to stay asleep. And I talked a few episodes ago about the benefit of hot baths. And that was the episode where I shared with you how I increased my zone of resilience. I believe it is in episode 116 that you'll find about what happens when you take a hot bath. Because it sounds counterintuitive, but a hot bath can actually help cool you down and get you prepared for sleep. The fourth thing is we really want to pay attention to our lighting. We actually need darkness to trigger melatonin, which is the chemical release to help us sleep. So you want to be dimming the light, dimming your devices, making sure that your room is super dark. And you want to be starting to do that early in the evening, like turning your lights down in your home. During the day, you want to get as much sunlight as possible. You want to get that sunlight as soon as you can in the morning. And then you want to expose yourself to bright lights all throughout the day. And then you want to try to get some of that desk light because what that does is it starts sending the message to the brain that nighttime is coming. And then dim lights in the evening. Especially when you head off to bed, you want to have complete darkness in your room. It is really important that you have darkness until at least 4 a.m. And if you do get up during the night for whatever reason, try not to turn on many bright lights. That's why people will have like night lights in their bathroom or in their hallway so they don't have to turn on the bright lights, which really disturbs your system. Now, the fifth thing that you can do is you actually want to stay away from exercise too close to your bedtime because that could get you all revved up. And you want to try to avoid as much as possible. We talked about this last time, alcohol and caffeine, especially in the afternoon and evening, as well as nicotine. Now, sleeping pills, we didn't talk about them last time, but they also, you have to be careful with them because they don't produce a natural sleep. What they do is they just shut your brain down like a sedative. And sedation is not the same as good quality sleep. So although obviously I'm not a medical doctor, I can't give you advice about that, But it is something that you will want to look into and check with your doctor if you are taking any kind of medications. Sometimes people need medications for a period of time to get them over a hump or to allow them to get into a sleep pattern. 
But longer term, you just want to check with your physician to make sure it's the appropriate thing for you because everybody is different. The sixth thing you want to do is you want to keep your room for sleep and intimacy. You want your brain to associate your bedroom with sleep and intimacy. You don't want your brain to be associating it with work or with watching TV. I know this is a hard one because many of us like having TVs in our rooms. I actually don't have a TV in my room, but it is also whenever we travel, I love having a TV in the hotel room. And I see the attraction because sometimes I actually will fall asleep in our living room where we watch TV. And I think, oh, if I just had it in my room, I could just fall asleep to the TV. It's actually not recommended. Your brain loves to make certain associations and has certain patterns. So you don't want it having a pattern or an association with work or with watching TV. You want it associating your bedroom and your bed specifically with sleep or intimacy. Now, what happens if you can't sleep at night? This is some people have a problem falling asleep and some people have a problem when they wake up during the night. If you find yourself unable to sleep, they actually recommend that you don't stay in bed forever because then that just sends a message to the brain that it's actually okay to be up and doing nothing in bed. So if after 25, 30 minutes you can't sleep, you can get up and go somewhere else quiet and dim. You don't want to be turning the lights on. You don't want to be activating your brain. Maybe you're going to go listen to music. Maybe you're going to read. Maybe you're going to stretch. You don't want to be on your phone. You don't want to be eating. And then you're going to try to go back to bed. You want to make sure that you are doing relaxing activities. So you don't want to be sending a message to the brain that it's ready to wake up. And then the eighth thing that you can do is you can keep your devices at bay. Go on silent, airplane mode, keep them far away from you. I know this is a hard one for me. I often have my phone plugged in beside me. I use the excuse, well, what if somebody needs to reach me? But I can see how it does interfere with my sleep when it is so close by. So those are some pretty basic sleep hygiene things that you've probably heard a lot of those before. And they're important. A lot of times the things that we hear all the time are the things that we don't do. But if we did do them, we would see that it would make a difference in our life. But I do want to talk with you about some other ideas that are maybe a little bit different from what you usually hear about getting quality sleep. We're going to talk about some mindset stuff. The first thing I want to talk about is acceptance. Now, many people, what happens is they struggle with sleep and then they end up building anxiety about not sleeping. And this actually makes things worse. If you struggle with sleep, there's actually a lot of thought work, a lot of mindset work that you can do that can help you with this. The more you tell yourself how hard it is to sleep, the harder it actually will be to sleep. So the first place to start is just allowing what is. If you're feeling anxious or frustrated or annoyed or stressed, just acknowledge it. Allow it. Of course, you can always remind yourself that you're feeling these feelings because you're thinking certain thoughts. Because remember, our thoughts do create our feelings. So you may say something like, okay, I'm just feeling anxious about sleep. 
because I'm thinking the thought that I'm not going to be able to survive without the sleep. I'm going to have a terrible day without the, th- the sleep. So you just want to notice and just be accepting that things, it is the way it is. So you may want to notice that your what your thoughts are that are fueling these feelings. And once you notice what your thoughts are that are fueling these feelings, then you actually may want to work on changing your dialogue. And what I mean by that is changing your dialogue about sleep. Your thoughts and the language that you use shapes everything. If you are telling yourself, oh, I should be getting more sleep. I never get enough sleep. I can't sleep. When we think thoughts like that, our brain goes out to prove them. Anytime you have a should statement, we are actually judging ourselves. You're telling your brain that something is wrong and you are resisting reality. You are getting the amount of sleep you're getting. Plain and simple. Remove the judgment. There's no moral value to it. What you make it mean is the difference. Take the drama out of it. And start talking about math. I've talked about this before. Like it helps us neutralize these things. So you want to replace your dialogue with facts. Okay, what is actually happening? I got no sleep last night. Maybe you're going to want to put the fact in, I got four hours of sleep last night. We want to try to neutralize things as much as possible. Not reading in what you're making it mean and how much drama and judgment is around it. All right, so you want to introduce self-compassion. What is the best thing that I can do for myself right now? What can I do that feels good? What does my body need? And remind myself that I can take care of myself. You want to just try to trust your body. You might want to have some comforting thoughts to go to. So thoughts like, I can handle being tired. This is just the stage of life I'm at. It won't always be like this. My body knows exactly what it needs and it will get exactly what it needs. I am exactly where I'm supposed to be on this journey. Nothing has gone wrong here. You may need to even write these thoughts down so that when you start feeling the drama of, oh no, what's happening? I don't have enough sleep. Something's going wrong. You can refer to these thoughts and remind yourself, I can handle being tired. My body knows what it needs. Nothing's gone wrong here. So you want to work on these thoughts that are really accepting and loving and kind. We want to calm the brain down. The next thing you want to do is you want to watch the patterns that you are creating. So have you ever noticed that if you eat a snack at a certain time of day, eventually your body will start getting hungry at that time? So watch that with your sleep. If you wake up every night at 4.15 and you do something, like reach for your phone, (laughs) I wouldn't know this or go for a snack, or entertain the spinning thoughts that you have, your mind and body get used to that. And they figure, well, it's okay. I'm going to keep doing it. So if this is the case, you actually need to train your brain out of it. 4.15 comes along, you wake up. Instead of reaching for what you usually have been doing, grabbing your phone, getting up, going to snack, even going to the bathroom, you can say to your brain, nope, we're not doing that right now. Don't keep feeding it. Instead of entertaining the idea of getting up to eat, think, search your phone, redirect your brain to do something like a body scan or some deep breathing. So what you do is you focus on your body. What you can do is you can tense up different 
areas of your body and then slowly release them. And you can focus on just breathing. Your mind goes spinning. It wants to do something else. Remind it, no, we're coming back. We're just going to be breathing and getting back to sleep. Now, another thing that you can do, and this is something that you can do prior to heading to bed. It's a technique that's very powerful, and we can say it's a preventative technique. Remember how I said that a busy mind in the day will lead to a busy mind during the night. So you want to try to calm your mind at least an hour ahead of time before bed. And you can do this by doing a thought download where maybe you pull out some paper or pull out your iPad, you dump out all your thoughts, all your concerns, all your ruminations. You're trying to empty your brain. There are different techniques to do this. You can do it in a list. You can just do a stream of consciousness. You can divide up your page in different topics, whatever the choice is yours. But it is very helpful to just let out everything that's running on, going on in your mind and having no judgments about it. We are doing this because sometimes if you have too many thoughts in your mind, when you go to sleep, your brain wakes up to remind us of something that we need to do or to work on something. But when we write it all down ahead of time, if our brain wakes up, you could just say, that's okay, I already captured it. Like, I'm working on that tomorrow. I already have that slotted. I already have it captured. We don't have to wake up to do this. Now, the next thing that can happen is if you do wake up, you can remind your brain that, you know what? I already covered this. I wrote it down. I'm dealing with this tomorrow. But sometimes your brain will keep spinning. We need to help redirect it to something in the present. Now, remember your mind can go to the past and ruminate, and it can go to the future to worry. But if you focus on your body, you will always be in the present because your body can't go to the past and your body can't go to the future. It's only your mind that goes there. So if you focus on your actual body, you will get back in the present. So again, that body scan is very helpful. Feeling your body is very helpful. You can also draw on all your senses. You can, what do I feel? What do I see? What do I hear? What do I smell? I have a couple of podcast episodes that you can refer to that can help you with these grounding techniques. One of them is called Grounding with the Fives, and that's episode 82. And the other one is called The Five Channels, and that's episode 83. These are different techniques that you can use that can help you ground, get with your senses, and be in the present. One of them is really to distract yourself and pick items such as your favorite food, your favorite smell, your favorite visual sight, your favorite noise, your favorite touch, and then to picture it and describe it and really let your mind get taken away in the senses. So you can imagine tasting your favorite food, what it tastes like, or smelling your favorite smell. And what this can do is it helps you interrupt any of the racing thoughts that you have and bring yourself directly into your body. There are different apps that you can use, even though you don't want to grab your phone at night. Sometimes it can be helpful if you have an app that can guide you with a body scan or a meditation. I know that I use the app Balance and it has a whole section on sleep. 
It has sleep meditations. It has sleep imagery or guided meditations. It has lots of things to do to help fall asleep, to help keep you asleep. So the app is called Balance. I think it is free for the first year. It's a great app. I know there's Headspace, there's Calm. There's lots of these apps that have the similar things. You may need to have something that will help guide you back to sleep. And it can be very helpful. It will redirect you to focus on your body to get back to sleep. So I encourage you to try these techniques out. Do all these practical ones because you want to try to set yourself up for success. We know that if your environment is set up for success, you will most likely have more success. So play around with the environment. Make sure that you have the lighting, the temperature, have a wind down routine. Make sure that you aren't exercising too close, that you aren't using too many stimulants beforehand. And then you're going to want to work on your mindset, what you think about your sleep or the lack of sleep, the story that you tell yourself. Then you really want to make sure that you're prepping your brain for sleep, that you're quietening it down, that you have a good routine throughout the day, that you are getting the light in the morning that you need, you're getting the light in the evening, you're turning down the lights, you have that consistent bedtime routine. And then part of that routine is including a thought download. If you find yourself constantly waking up with lots of thoughts running through your mind. And then lastly, be prepared to get in your body if you are struggling with falling asleep or if you do wake up. Just lovingly relax so that hopefully you can get more rest. Getting quality sleep is such an important thing to help you to manage stress and reduce burnout and build resilience. It is one of the foundational tools that we want to make sure that is in place when we are working on improving our physical and mental health. And so hopefully you found a couple of things that you can try out tonight and get a good night's sleep. I'll see you next week. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Building Resilience Podcast. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about managing stress, building resilience, and leading a more purposeful life, then make sure we're connected on Instagram and Facebook at Leah Davidson Life Coaching. You can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter at www.leahdavidsonlifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. Looking forward to connecting.